Welcome to Diversity Ally, the podcast. Today's guest is Ryan Curtis Johnson, Head of PR and Marketing at DRPG. On today's episode, we're going to look at the importance of brand purpose and alignment when tackling racial inequality. Hi, Ryan. Hi. <laughs> Gabriella Shanti here and we're really excited to have you on today's podcast. Give us a little intro to yourself if that's okay. Yeah, so I'm Ryan Curtis Johnson um, and I work as Head of PR and Marketing at DRPG. I have been there for nine years um, it's coming up for my 10-year anniversary next year um, and it's really funny how I kind of got into the industry. I've worked in the events industry for about over 11 years and DRPG were my clients and I was one of their clients um so originally i come from an entertainment background um which was great fun i was very young i started off as a dancer and then moved into kind of artist management and kind of then events and stuff like that um i absolutely hated the um the entertainment world shall we say that it was very false and uh, a lot of people stars you know people that you kind of look at impression wise and it's lovely actually there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes which is very uncomfortable to see and quite sad and that for me was just a very hard thing to kind of grasp so came away from it and got into the events world even more so and just have loved it ever since um and then obviously the opportunity arose with speaking well actually attending your agenda live um discussion which was um, really poignant, came at the right time and um, sparked a cause really. Um, and I've obviously had conversations with yourself, Gabby and um, Ashanti, obviously kind of hearing some of the things that you've talked about as well. Um, it's just kind of what's going on really at the moment is actually it, it's not going away. So although there's this kind of impact that's happened, um, actually, we've got to keep the conversation going. Um, and I think it, it's really interesting when you speak to different people in how they're kind of feeling towards it and actually that uncomfortableness as well. Um, and you really um, have to address the elephant in the room because unless you do that, um, and, you know, we're not being kind of, discredited to any animal there I just said an elephant but obviously it can be any animal of your choice um but obviously I just think it's really important to kind of just address it and be upfront and frank about it because yes it's uncomfortable for some people to digest but unless you do it and you tiptoe around it nothing's ever going to move forward yeah I thoroughly agree um I think you were saying some really interesting things, actually, when we were just having a bit of discussion um, over Zoom a week or so ago, Ryan. <laughs> and you were really talking about um, the importance of brand purpose and yes. the alignment with what's going on it's, um, internally and then externally with organisations. And I just yeah, found what you said really interesting and very true. <laughs> I it's so important though and I think more than anything in this current time I was having a conversation with someone today and you know everyone was like oh 2020 you know is all about COVID and I was like no I don't I don't agree with you I believe 2020 is all about actually people being listened to for a change and if you take every element from you know the Black Lives Matter movement to kind of COVID-19 but also just kind of adapting to a new way of living 
for once businesses whatever your role might be within society as what your service is have to listen to their employees because they're having to work under extreme circumstances whether that's working from home school homeschooling working in an environment which is a flat share or a house share with lots of different people all trying to work at the same time with limitations to what you can and can't do to also hearing lots of news and noise and things being said to us that we're supposed to take on and have no comment on or we can comment on and also being highlighted to us that actually maybe we've been led down a, a way of life that actually has been kind of instilled into us without us subconsciously knowing that and I was saying to someone today mental health is going to be a big big thing for 2020 because a lot of people are going to be having conversations with themselves in the sense of have I played a part in some of this stuff, whether that's did I play a part in supporting all of the lockdown, whether did I play a part in how I've carried on my my life and gone about, have I been racist myself without subconsciously knowing because of my upbringing, because of how I, my outlook, because of what has been imposed on me and actually what could I do better? And if anything, I would be hoping that people might go on these journeys and they would feel able and have the ability to talk to someone. But more importantly, get a hunger and a fire in their bellies to think, what could I do now? Because the power now is in my hands. No matter how little my voice may feel or seem in the grand scheme of things, to be able to change. And if I can change yeah. one person's opinion, then that is a milestone for a future because it's kind of something you need to to adapt and evolve with. And I know I use this analogy a lot with the tick box scenario, but I do totally believe in the sense to normalize something, you need to tick box. Because if you don't, you don't change habits and habits are automatically something that you are guided through because you followed it to keep it. And to crack a habit, you need to do it within three weeks. So if you can keep to it for three weeks, you break down a habit. Well, it's the same as if anything. If you can't show diversity and you've automatically just been blinkered to it, you need to then put it onto your checklist whenever you're doing a campaign, whenever you're looking at how you're going to deliver something, whether you're looking at speakers, whether you're looking at kind of, um, you know, how this is going to affect the public, how it's going to sit within kind of how are you looking at that demographic in a bit more detail to how you could support getting them into the workplace. And I, I, I think I've said this to you, Gabby, and I don't think it's the wrong thing to say. It's about making it colourful. It's not about it just being one colour. It's got to be colourful. And if we can't see that colour and that colourful picture, you're never going to advertise an industry a workplace, a business, a brand, and you're never going to really be influential to any of those people because you yeah. are siloing people out. And I think that's really inherent yeah. at the moment. So I think it's interesting. Thank you for sharing those reflections and thoughts. Um, one of the things I wanted to pick up on was, you know, when you started talking about mental health, because a lot of people will be having conversations with themselves, much less other people. And I think that is such a key part of this because it's the self-reflection piece. We all bring ourselves in some way into the workplace and into the businesses that we work in. 
And as one person, we might not have the power and influence to change processes, systems and structures, but actually it's changing our own mindset and the attitudes and beliefs that we come to work with and the way we treat other people. If we all did that in a way where we reached a tipping point, then those structures and processes and systems would be forced to change. And I think up until this point, I think sometimes... um, you know we look to those in power we look to our workplace to change but actually each of us make up that workplace and so that was a really interesting point that you you made there and then I guess following on from that if you are now starting to have feelings of guilt or you know anxiety or you're more conscious of what's been happening and feel like you haven't done enough up until this point I think it's about uh, just drawing a line in the sand I think and getting to having healthier ideas and beliefs about people yeah yeah but also as well I think it's about you know not congratulating yourself but at least being aware that actually that's a good kind of journey now that you're now about to go on because you've highlighted that weakness and let's be honest everyone's always guilty of not highlighting their weaknesses it's like I don't want to admit that I can't do this or I think in a certain way but actually if you can overcome that and move on that's a really important kind of thing to be aware of and can kind of pat yourself on the back of but it's not just about being aware and patting yourself on the back it's like what action are you now going to take then so yes you're aware that you may have thought like that yes that's not right and I don't condone that and I don't you know you know I think it's wrong I should have been thinking like that now actually what is that small thing you can do because everyone can play their part and it was really interesting actually that um Rolls Royce I was talking to Gabby about this on a, on another call um that not actually obviously the the cars because Rolls Royce the cars is run by BMW but obviously the engine the kind of product of Rolls Royce is is made and the group head of um comms for it um has um come out something that you you don't agree with that actually um this company isn't for you Mm. and so um it's not that we're kind of saying that um you know this is what you need to agree with but if you fundamentally don't then this company is not right for you and you should leave so that for a business and if you go on their LinkedIn page and see they're very vocal on it and it's like that brand purpose to like on steroids (laughs) I know that's like a real weird way but it is that that's the movement that's needed because it only takes one person to do that that then that trickles and cascades for other businesses to do the same as well Um, and that's really an important factor and I I found that really important as a business brand to be thinking about how they're doing that and pushing that out is 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 a big statement yeah yeah even um externally what did Elves Yorkshire Tea yeah during the Yorkshire Solidarity so um they avidly put a message on Yorkshire um, on their Twitter sorry when um, a user kind of said, oh, thank God Yorkshire Tea's not kind of, you know, following this Black Lives Matter stuff. And they were kind of like, okay, don't buy our tea anymore, please. <laughs> and they put that out in the open on Twitter, talking about their, about their consumers, you know. Um, then that's quite a big action and quite a big stance to take as well. Um, so I found that really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you know what's interesting, you know, about this is that, A colleague of mine kind of made a really interesting observation, though, about companies who have been posting during this Black Lives Matter period, in that, essentially, 
you know, this is all about morality, it's all about ethics, etc. What do we think about the fact that some of these companies, and not necessarily the two specific that you've mentioned here, may have unethical ways of doing things in other areas of their business? So it's quite interesting that on this matter, because of the high profile in nature of this matter, um, companies have decided to be public and vocal about maybe their stance, at least, you know, in terms of, I guess, social activism. Yeah. But there may be other areas in their business, like labor and all of these things, sustainability, etc., that they, they may not be as vocal about or working on. What yeah. do we think about that? I, I think um, there is a period of time where it was a PR thing. And um, for someone who works in PR, I, I totally could see that with certain people jumping on the bandwagon. And I was like, gosh, you're opening yourself up. Um, the problem that you've got, um, well, it's not a problem. I think it's a positive, is if you've got your Gen Zs and your millennials within those business, they're not going to stand for it. And I totally believe they'll add that pressure internally, which will then either make a business be quiet because they need to get all their, their kind of eggs That's in one basket. Right. Yeah, yeah, ducks in a row and, and get that all sorted before they then come out again. And I think the problem that you saw, and I think we did see that a lot at the start of this kind of movement, was a lot of people like, you know, we don't support this, we, we tell you this, and we do that. And suddenly gone a little bit quieter now because I think they're actually having to do a lot of work in, in their organisation yeah. to do that. And there's been quite some, you know, even, and this is why I think for the events industry, this is a great time to take stock and use the time wisely to work on these things because you know there have been some high profile entertainers and um you know figureheads for brands who have come out in support again of black lives matter but then their employees have effectively become whistleblowers and said well hold on a minute on the ground in terms of the people culture here that contradicts this support now what's interesting about that is i think some of these celebrities or figureheads may not have been aware of what was happening on the ground in terms of the people they put in managerial positions they may not have been aware that these things were happening in fact i had a conversation with someone who's very senior in their events company and they found out only at the exit interview of how some of the unhealthy things that some of the managers were saying to employees and they were totally unaware of this until the exit interview when they've read the notes on why that person is leaving. So I definitely think there's something in that in terms of making sure that there really is oversight or continuity from the very top right down into your middle managers. Do you know what kind of values and culture that they are encouraging yep. <laughs> you know, totally. when you're not present? Exactly. And, and also as well, it's about that honesty and transparency. I think a lot, of, a lot of times, and they talk about this in the communications world all the time, there was so much focus on the external comms and mm. like things would get pushed out externally and actually you hadn't addressed it internally first. And I think it's really important. And I know we've learned this over, over the years at DRPG and I can speak on behalf of them. I've been there nine years. We have inherently got a family culture. And as I was saying to you before, Ashanti, with a family, it's very, very different to like a business because we are still a business. We're not all fools. We don't just sit there and think, oh, it's Christmas. Like, let's all just get together and have 
have fun and like we do we have fun we enjoy what we do and that we're all passionate about it but like any family we have our fallouts internally and sometimes we just have to uh, group as a business and just kind of get the conversation, talk, find out how different people, how it's fit. We're, we're a business that's got lots of different services that, that kind of taps into lots of different areas in corporates in finance and automotive and all various bits and pieces. So different team members are exposed in lots of different ways. And actually we need to, and you know, we're doing things for brands or brands are telling us some of the stuff they're doing and it's like, well, okay, let's take stock of this and think about it ourselves. And I think that's where we're at as a business is we're having the conversations. We're being a bit more open. We're not tiptoeing around this object in the room. We are actually approaching it. We're going to have those uncomfortable conversations. We're openly talking it with our teams, asking how it's affecting them. What are they doing? And, and inherently when people come back, to us and and ask comments like well what are we doing as a business I think the thing actually what we're going back and saying is well this is what we believe but what are you actively doing as well it's not just our responsibility as a business it's also your responsibility as part of this family so what are you going to take in your own personal approach or your own belief and you know that zero intolerance is a balance act then because it's a zero tolerance within the business which is a hard statement to say because zero tolerance what is that really you know name it and that's that's kind of a thing that I think a lot of businesses are having to come up with now is that you can't just say the word zero tolerance you you've got to name it because anyone can say that and are you then just tiptoeing around the situation yeah. So it's it's bringing it back to our values on a daily basis, which, you know, is how that has to be apparent. And that's yeah. what then keeps the family going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think what's interesting, you use the analogy of family. You know, the truth is, is that, um, you know, and I think one of the things as well is being willing to cultivate a culture that is um that uses conversation to work through problems because yes. the reality is depending on what the transgression is because obviously yeah. there's already hr guidelines in place for things like <laughs> grievances etc but the conversation can be a way of healing certain breaches that might and conflicts that might be happening internally and maybe ideas and attitudes that individuals might be bringing into work that impact their colleagues um, conversation can be used as almost a, a discipline in itself to adjust somebody's understanding adjust hopefully their behavior or their willingness to change their behavior as well as the other elements around them and i think that is something that i think businesses previously have been scared to use which is conversation to yeah. sort conflict out it's like it's like positive challenge and yet, if you say I'm going to challenge you, that's always a negative connotation. By me just saying, oh, Ashanti, I'm going to challenge you on that, everyone would automatically inherently think that is a negative thing. But if you change that dialogue to I want to positively challenge that um, or, you know, I want to just kind of challenge that scenario. Can I just give you this? proposition actually it's just again rather than getting someone's back up you're you're kind of saying you know I just want to open your eyes to this in a different way 
and just think about it and you know we have to do that I think on a regular basis not only just in life just generally with people because you know generations have different perspectives on a lot of different things and what they believe is acceptable to say in their vocabulary is totally not something I would want my children to be saying or doing and I think that's an important factor in in all of this is that you need to be able to challenge but it it's it can't be seen as a negative and mm -hmm. and that's sometimes people's own flaws mm -hmm. in the sense of no one likes criticism do they i mean yeah. let's be honest it's a hard hard cake to swallow and that defensiveness automatically comes up doesn't it like oh i'm being challenged what am i going to yeah. do it's a bit calculated and it's like no we just want to talk share it doesn't have to be yeah. a, doesn't have to be defensive about it it's just sharing but, it. It is exactly that, but also as well, it is about like sometimes shining and being like, well, do you actually think that's right? Like when you look at that poster and you look, and when you look on the TV program, like, do you see a black person represented? No, you don't. Is that right? No. So how is that acceptable then? I mean, it's a, you kind of have, I mean, I know it sounds really simple when you explain it in those terms, but it is sometimes about just having that conversation mm. with people and just thinking, how do you think that's fair? You know, it's not, it's not right. And it's not, it's not the image. Um, you know, I, I talked about it and um, about my little, little person that um, is in my life and they were scared of the police because of they said oh I'm scared of the police because they're gonna they're gonna um, I'm gonna die like that black man died now I hadn't sat down and showed that little person a video of that they've picked that up now what am I supposed to say oh you know just forget about that that was like a once in a lifetime sort of thing <laughs> it's not something that happens no now's the time where I have to bring that conversation to light and go, you know, that's an unacceptable behavior. That is not how someone should be treated, a human, anybody should be treated. But more importantly, what this has flagged is that people of a certain color have been treated in a disadvantaged way. And that's not right. Everyone should be allowed. And there's some really great books that you can get for kids on like color purple, like are you a purple color person, which is then you kind of are curious. You don't judge on anyone's color, but you're curious. And curiosity is what's key to it because you then build no perceptions. You're curious about everything because everything is normal. Yeah, but you see, I think one of the things that you're kind of highlighting there, Ryan, is conscious inclusion, conscious education conscious willingness to change and I think that's the part that we can't legislate that's the part you can't create a policy for um, no. it very much is this individual commitment to oneself and our understanding of the world you know are we curious enough to learn something new are we curious enough to be maybe the one in the room who doesn't know as much as everybody else are we curious enough and humble enough to be that person where someone says, you know, we don't use that term anymore. Mm. We are willing to accept that and really try and not use that term moving forward. I think mm. this is why, you know, to your point, this is, you know, this is really requires deeper work than just going on a training course. 
it does it really does but also as well being a bit more selective and i think this this you know what what you've just said there is a consciousness it's about being conscious about everything as an individual you're buying what you're buying where you're buying from what that company stands for what their morals are and then individually you making that decision to be a little bit more conscious about what you're paying into what you're doing what you're supporting what you are you know just generally i know it sounds weird but by kind of purchasing something from someone that could be actually not very kind of diverse or supporting that kind of thing and have the complete opposite effect you're you're paying into that you're you're basically saying yeah yeah i'm happy with that i've got no conscience to that scenario um so i think that consciousness comes into buying comes into your personal life comes into your business life your what your career because you want to work with someone the way they've got an ethical approach and i think this new generation yeah. of of working people are not interested they they and it sounds terrible because i think they get labeled really badly because they're always seen as these people that kind of are not committed and i don't think it is right i don't think that is the the generalized kind of position they should be generalized with because they're younger they're not committed they don't see they're not loyal they don't stay they move on quickly i just think they they're a bit smarter they actually look up stuff they research you know, <laughs> and if they don't agree with something they're not going to stay somewhere for 15 years because oh well i should be just lucky i've got a job they're looking at it from the sense of i just don't think this is doing good i haven't got a good work life balance and i want to change that and i think that's a big factor for our industry right now is that factor of it isn't a 9 to 5 job yes and all of this stuff that's happening again people being a bit more conscious people wanting to make a change they want to have time and thinking time and mind space time to be able to support and do these sort of things and maybe our industry doesn't always allow us to have that time to do it yeah no that's absolutely true <laughs> that's absolutely true um and you know what you're right i think the generational distance you know and perception gap i think of life is coming to the fore in the events industry i think some of the a certain parts of the industry in particular tend not to have enough of a younger demographic anyway and i think that that impacts their outlook on the future of the events industry you know you look at things like even adapting to digital is taking far too long in some elements of the industry and i think that is because um, the older generation may not be willing yet to embrace or let the younger generation come in and really steer and pioneer those things. And I think you're yeah. right when it comes to people culture within companies. And also some, I, th I always try to kind of give consideration to the companies that are transitioning from, you know, maybe two founders, you know, teams of 10, and now they're transitioning into bigger teams. Obviously yeah. it does change the dynamics. Yeah, and it's hard, and we, you know, that's something we've struggled with because our culture is, you know, we were a small agency. It started from our CEO, he's still the CEO, and now, you know, there's 350 of us. And when I started, I think I was like number 80. So, kind of, obviously, that's grown 300 people to try and keep that culture alive, that family ethos. It, it's a lot of hard work and a constant, you know, not not dictating that's the wrong word but constantly embedding values you know it's like anything if you think of what your parents like when they're constantly teaching you the right and wrong you please your thank yous and stuff like that it's embedding those morals those values to kind of do that and 
that's where the disconnect is again because those morals and values that have been embedded into certain people haven't been the most open moral values but yet that as a little person you're not at a stage where you can challenge that it's only when you get older and you have your own mindset your own thoughts your own opinions and you build upon that that you're able to do that but it's inherent in us and unless you can kind of step away from it it's very very hard um and and i think when you look at our industry as a whole and i had a conversation with a colleague they were saying in certain cultures, so it's very much like if they said about working in the events industry, it's like, well, no, you should be looking to be a doctor or you should be going into that because it's not seen as something that is really promoted for certain cultures. And it's, a, it's an imperative thing to kind of discuss because how often do we read in publications or magazines of you know certain cultures that have held big festivals or stuff like that that are happening are they covered I mean I mm. I don't see, see it that's where is a disconnect because it's seen as only obviously big brands or one way of, of function so it's about really just trying to change a perception but more importantly that's an inherent kind of culture that's done and it's about yeah. re-educate in both ways and I think yeah so that's really interesting actually on that point because this does get brought up often but I do think that you see the, the reason the very fact that we can have a conversation about cultural um, inclination towards certain industries is a reflection of systemic racism in itself. You know, most exactly. cultures, especially if you're looking at immigrant communities and migration, when people migrate to a country, especially for economic reasons, they're thinking about economic sustainability, right? Yeah. So there are certain careers that are deemed to offer more longevity and sustainability. And so, okay, aside from some cultural aspirations, like, you know, the status associated with medicine, law, finance, etc., there is the, the, the belief that actually that creates generational wealth, right? So, and that helps you survive as a family in this new yeah. country, especially yeah. a country that may not be particularly welcoming to your no. particular community or culture. And so I think that, that one of the issues with the events industry is that it doesn't necessarily seem as if it, it provides that sustainability, longevity. <laughs> and so it's not just that it's deemed to be a softer kind of subject to study at school. It's like, well, actually, how are you going to be a family doing yeah. this? But also <laughs> it's harder. Yeah. But also yeah. as well, prime example in the current situation we're in is, is showing that it's not a safe option to go into <laughs> because literally we've turned the tap off and gone okay let's see what happens um and that that's that's obviously fundamentally something that is really really hard but yeah. also i look at it from a perspective of and i agree with every point you say it's not promoted as something mm. when you look at the collateral or the posters or the marketing or whatever it is it's not it's not colorful enough for me to, to show representation. So you put yourself in, in, in that person's shoes when I'm looking at career. I mean, it was different in my day. Like we had a careers officer and you had to go and see them and they would dictate where you want to do your kind of life. And that's a scary thought at like 15, 16 of like, <laughs> what? I need to decide now where I'm going to go. Um, but I think, you know, it's not, it's about kind of marketing. Sometimes it was kind of forced marketing. And that's where I said it, it needs to be organic. It needs to be real because you can, you can put 
and set up an image to make it represent but actually you need to show it as real yeah so case studies a real life person not an actor not an actress or any shape or form of person just speaking over pretending that they work in it you need real life people talking in that kind yes. of environment to make it real um and i think that's where the disconnect is massively yeah. because I, again, I'm now contradicting what I just said at the start with a tick box. You do want to do the tick box, but you need to do it all authentically and real. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. if everyone gets into it and you don't force it upon people, it should be organic and it should be authentic. It's, a, it's an easier way of drip feeding it. But I don't believe the drip feed is the right way because it needs to be impactful. And a drip feed sometimes is too slow because mm. it loses momentum so you've still got to keep the momentum you've still got to be impactful and you've still got to keep continuing to talk about it because like anything it will just disperse yeah um, i think what was really highlighted from all of these conversations and thank you ryan for sharing because it's how complex this can be because what we're having to do is undo and rebuild hundreds of years and structures and, and whatnot and i think it's okay that it's complex and that just means we have to start somewhere and it is a combination of push and pull. What can organizations yep. be doing holistically and then what should we as individuals be doing within those structures? Um, so thank you so much for sharing, Ryan. We don't want to take too much more of your time, um, but um, you know, it's been really, really brilliant actually to get some of your thoughts and be able to share that with our community. Thank you for joining us. Starting out as an event professional, we know how daunting it can be to launch a new career. Event First Steps is an initiative designed to help newcomers of all ages carve their own career path within the events industry. We do this through live events, online content and industry outreach. Visit our website eventfirststeps.com for more information.